So I can understand how people feel, I haven't got any results with this. Oh, I'm just going to give up. It's understandable how that can happen. But where your energy comes from is having your goals in mind. So when you know what you want to accomplish and you're very clear on what you want to accomplish, it gives you a focus and it gives you motivation, which gives you energy. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. We don't care. Good, bad, or medium. We care about value that you can learn from this podcast. How this podcast can help you to go ahead. And today we have an interesting topic about freelance. I started my freelance journey in 2008 uh, and I love this journey. Uh, you have this freedom. You can grow any projects. You can cooperate with others. You can earn money. You can sell your services, products, anything. It's a good journey. And today it's almost must have, you know, if you want to go ahead. Um, I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Shay Kassin. How are you? Well, thanks. Now, thanks so much for having me, Anatoly. Oh, it's a big pleasure. Wanna learn more? You know, I'm a student on this life. I can't call me an expert. I just student. Uh, I love to learn. I love to improve what I have, especially today when digital is a quickly changing world. Mm -hmm. We need to adapt fast. Whatever happens, AI, probably augmented reality will come to the stage. We'll see. But uh, what we can do just to adapt. And I'm on the second stage. I can create OpenAI, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, but I can adapt to this environment to bring value to help customers. Before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background about South Africa and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. So, yes, I live in South Africa and I've been freelancing for about seven years now. So not as long as you have, but I have learned a lot in the short-ish short time that I've been freelancing. So... I started off as a marketing manager in-house and then I had a couple of side hustles and then I found a freelance gig that was actually paying me more than my full-time role. So I was like, yes, let's go for this. I'm going to go all in. And I've learned a lot of lessons along the way, as I'm sure all of us have. And I'm still learning as we all are. And that's why we're here today. So I started off offering sort of full service marketing packages. And then I realized what I actually loved doing was freelance writing. So I refined my niche down into writing specifically. And last year I published a book on freelancing called Freelance Like a Boss. And that book basically contains everything I wish I'd known when I became a freelancer. And there's a lot in there and there's a lot about the mistakes that I've made and what I've learned to overcome them over the past few years. So my mission now is to become even better at freelancing. And by that, what I mean is to take advantage of what it means to be a freelancer and to use the freedom. You know, it's in the word. Free is in freelancer. So I want to give myself the freedom to be able to I don't know, go for a coffee with a friend randomly in the middle of the day or join you on a podcast or take a whole month off if I want to. So that's why my focus this last year has been on working smarter so that 
I can leave the hustle and the grind behind me. So that's where I'm at in my journey at the moment. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, I remember Tim Ferriss said about that. You need to work smarter than harder. Uh, exactly. I, yeah, and uh, I think um, it's important to work hard as well, uh, but you need to be smart in your way. <laughs> so you yes. need to combine both <laughs> because uh, I'm not sure that you can have simple experience without challenges. And you mentioned you learned some lessons. I learned a lot of lessons. I made a lot of mistakes, terrible mistakes, but uh, I didn't know how to acquire experience uh another way so we need to test we need to analyze we need to mm -hmm. experiment and i remember elon musk said about that uh, if you uh, don't make mistakes you're not innovative enough and it's part of the process to make mistakes to take risk mark zuckerberg said about that uh, the biggest risk uh, don't take any risk so you need to take risks but you need to be smart can you tell what it means how to be smart in your way uh, because you know when i start something new all the time i fail without any exception always fail because i can't compete with someone who spent years crafting <clears throat> their skills um, you can uh, compete with them when you acquire this experience so that's okay to fail uh, and uh, let me share a short story about my pr journey so um yeah uh, I paid $6,000 for one press release, $6,000 to write and pitch. Uh, <clears throat> then I got it. I need to write 12 press releases, $72,000 a week. You know, it's a lot. So what I did, I, I wrote a bunch of press releases myself. I pitched all of them. I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. Nobody cared about my stuff, but I learned how it works. Then I, I decided to teach my, uh, experts writers who can post uh, content on my blogs uh, and most of them create evergreen content but i explain look at it's another experience we need to um, consider trending topics we need to satisfy um, journalists we need to share uh, and bring value about trending topics uh, to leave our expert opinions and today we got mentions CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, MSN, Yahoo. Uh, we got much better results if we pay to PR agencies. But I started with complete failure. You know, I didn't give up. I just, that was complete failure, nothing. Uh, around three months, I didn't see any results. So, uh, and um, you mentioned about that. I love that you touched this topic because people give up fast. We see a lot. So tell about uh, how to work smarter if you have no experience. So I think you raised a good point with that story is that what we have is limited. So we all have limited time. No matter who you are, there are 24 hours in the day. There's nothing you can do about it. Most of us have limited finances. Not many of us can say that money is not an issue. So, you know, our resource and our energy, our energy is a huge resource too. You only have so much energy. You can try, you can push through, but actually at the end of the day, there's only so much that you have and it changes from day to day. So those resource that, resources that we have, we have to use them very wisely. So in the example that you gave, perhaps you trying to do that PR on your own wasn't the best way to use your resources because it was taking a lot of time and a lot of your energy and you weren't getting any results. So 
I'm sure you're familiar with the Pareto principle, which says that 80% of our result comes from 20% of our effort. So working smart is about identifying what is that 20% that I'm doing that is actually yielding the results. So for example, if you look at the way you're marketing, so perhaps again, you've got limited energy, limited time and limited resources. So you can't do everything when it comes to marketing. Maybe you are doing social media and you're doing a newsletter. And wonderful, if you have the resources to do both of those well, great. If not, you might have to look and say, well, actually I only have time to do one of those properly. So which of those is actually yielding me the result? And then working smart is focusing on that instead of trying to do everything. So a big part of working smart is really identifying where that important 20% is and honing in on that and then removing the other distractions. Because as you know, the, the world that we live in now is full of distractions and people competing for our attention. And it's so easy to get pulled in a million different directions. There's a shiny new tool to try here. Someone's asked you to do this, that sounds cool. But you have to be focused about where you spend those limited resources. So for me, that's what Working Smart has been about, is identifying, first of all, what I want to achieve, and secondly, what are the things that are going to help me get there? Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I, I love it. I agree. Uh, uh, but it's tough to find this 20% yes. that uh, brings 80%. And you remind me Bill Gates. Uh, he said, for example, uh, he shared an example. If he has product A and product B, after investing X amount uh, of money uh, to product A and product B, uh, uh, if product B, for example, uh, sells two times more than product A, the second time he will invest two X to product B, ignoring product A. Uh, of course, it looks simple, but <laughs> in experience, uh, you have many products, you have many things, uh, and we have uh, opportunities. It means like, for example, okay, you can sell, but probably you can because market can change you can consider all this insights can you tell how to find this 20 percent so there is a bit of you can use data sometimes there's data that can tell you that so in the example i use between looking at your social media and your newsletter right let's say you look at the month and you see how many people have contacted me on social media looking for my services oh okay two how many people have replied to my newsletter looking for my services ten you know, it's obvious then that your newsletter is perhaps yielding a better result. And not to say that those two things aren't working together, but if you really had to focus down, that's where it is. And then the other important thing is to identify what it is that you want. So for me, I was working so hard on all my client work and, you know, I was doing okay, but every day felt like a hustle. And I realized, wait, this is not why I wanted to become a freelancer. So for me, identifying that 20% first meant, okay, I need to step out from the day-to-day, -day, from the grind. I need to actually take some time to think and work on my business. And I identified, I don't want to work on client work for eight hours a day. I want to work on client work for maybe five hours a day. What do I need to do in order to achieve that? So once I had a very clear goal, I was able to say, 
where am I wasting my time or where am I not getting remunerated enough that I'm working harder than I need to? And from there, I was able to see, okay, this client, mm, it's taking a lot of time. It's not paying me that well. If I actually get rid of this client, I'll have more time to spend on clients who pay me more and then I can work less because I'm getting more from them in less time. So identifying that 20%, you've got data at your disposal sometimes. Otherwise, it's a case of lasering in with focus on what you want and identifying step-by-step what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, You mentioned a few times about energy. For me, energy can beat skills in one side. Uh, Okay, if you have no skills, but if you have energy, you can acquire skills mm-hmm. because uh, people with energy uh, usually don't give up. They go ahead, search for the way, how to get results. And I remember Mr. Beast, when he spent seven years to buy first camera, he filmed content on web camera. <laughs> he doesn't, he didn't have money to buy mm. uh, a professional camera, but, and he spent seven years to film content and, um, uh, after 18 months of posting content on YouTube, he uh, got a uh, thousand subscribers. So 18 months long time. giving mm-hmm. up. Uh, so um, I think we uh, name it energy. And uh, by the way, uh, he said on his interview that he loved experience uh, and just uh, kept going ahead. Uh, according to data, most content creators give up. It doesn't matter what kind of content, writing, video, podcast. Uh, I remember data about podcasts that most uh, audio podcasters uh, didn't record uh, uh, more than eight episodes, most, Mm -hmm. because they can't get results from first seven episodes. I have no idea how to do it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, I, I recorded plus 700 episodes. And if you ask me how to get results from the first seven episodes, I'm not Joe Rogan, you know, to get (laughs) results. But by the way, Joe Rogan spent so much time to craft skills in uh, other fields. Uh, So he and I know some case studies when people can, but they acquired experience in different Mm -hmm. fields and can bring this audience to another format. Sure. Let's talk about the energy. Can you tell how to find this energy? Because I see when people have no energy and uh, uh, even some of my friends can tell, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I spent so so much time on Instagram, but results didn't come. For me, you didn't spend enough time if results didn't come. So you, you can craft your skills ears to get first results. So tell about this energy, how to find the resource of energy. Mm-hmm. So I can understand how people feel, oh, I haven't got any results with this. I'm just going to give up. It's, it's, It's understandable how that can happen. But where your energy comes from is having your goals in mind. So when you know what you want to accomplish and you're very clear on what you want to accomplish, it gives you a focus and it gives you motivation, which gives you energy. So If you know, okay, in my example, for example, I knew I wanted to work less, but I didn't want to give up any of my income. So if you wake up every morning thinking, what do I need to do? What's one thing, small thing? It can be something that takes you two minutes. What is one thing that I can do today to get me closer to my goal? So perhaps it was, 
okay, I need to find a new client who's going to pay me more. So I'm going to send one email, one letter of intent to one potential client. Even that, that small incremental step is taking me closer to my goal. You might have some days where you have the energy to send 50 letter of intents out. You might have some days where even sending that one, you try to talk yourself out of it and avoid doing it. But it's the consistency, like you say, to keep showing up no matter what that energy level is, that actually gives you the energy to keep going, if that makes sense. So it's firstly being clear on what you want to achieve and then being clear on the steps that you need to get there and having the consistency to follow through with those. And again, avoiding distractions because it's so easy for your energy to be taken up by things that aren't getting you any closer to your goal. And it's tempting sometimes because, you know, you get bored and it feels hard and it's tough going and something new comes and you think, oh, let me try this instead. But again, that's just taking your energy away from what your main goal is. And your goal might change along the way for sure. You know, as you go through, you might realize, oh, actually, this is something else I want to look at. But as long as you're taking those little steps, um, that gives you the motivation to keep going. Yeah, uh, I like your sharing. But, um, you know, um, I want to disagree with something, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. You know, uh, I love disagreements. <laughs> it's important to disagree. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, about you need to have clear vision, goals. I agree, of course, you need to have. But for me, it's more important to think about the process than uh, rewards. Okay, rewards. Uh, I want to achieve some rewards. But if I don't enjoy the process, uh, for me, it's better to leave it and find something else. It's not a bad idea to give up. For example, uh, let me share my short story. Five years ago, uh, something like this, I started one project because of chasing money. So we found a market gap, decided to fill this gap, to earn a lot of money. I hired a big team, uh, experts, but after three years, I gave up because I hated this project. I hated Monday. I loved Friday and I got it. No way. It doesn't bring me happiness. Why I need to go ahead? It's more suffering than, uh, you know, I, I had a clear vision to win market. Uh, I knew how to win market, but uh, I gave up because I hated this niche. I hated this project. And it's not only about me. I remember Neil Patel said on, uh, on my podcast about that, that he started project about poker and failed because he didn't know how poker mm. works. He didn't play poker. Uh, professionals can see it's, it's like different way. Um, and um, I see when, uh, for example, people are over watching TV six hours a day. It's a lot, six hours a day to watch TV. Uh, and um, nobody pays them for this hobby. They didn't give up. They keep watching TV. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, like, you know, I can play basketball. Many people can beat me in one side. I'm not good with basketball. Nobody pays money for my <laughs> hobby. But I, I I keep playing because I love this experience. Mm. I mm. like to reload my mind. And for me, it's more important to enjoy the process. It doesn't matter what you do. If you love writing, write. If you like filming, film. And uh, another one story. 
from a book, uh, when a great book offer uh, said about the story, someone reached out to her and asked for, for advice. Uh, another book, book offer asked, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, like um, uh, he shared that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, nobody buys my books. Uh, I... Uh, he suffered a lot because nobody uh, uh, buys his books and uh, uh, he asked for advice what to do uh, because he suffered a lot and she replied to him leave it it's not for you if you suffer leave it mm. don't mm. wait for reward just leave it find what you actually love mm. uh, do what you love to do and uh, 70% of people uh, are unhappy with their jobs you I think they are unhappy because of their own choice. And that's okay. You can test, you can experiment, you can make the wrong decisions. I made a lot of wrong decisions. Okay, I, I did it. I changed directions. Uh, and nobody knows without trying, analyzing. And for me, uh, you can have the energy if you love the process. Can you tell, uh, what do you think about that, about my points? <laughs> mm, no, you make a very good point because they you need to actually be energized by the process as you go. As you say, otherwise you're going to lose motivation completely and you're never going to get anywhere. And I'm a firm believer in the power of choice and the power of agency. If you are unhappy with something, what are you going to do? What are you going to change? There's no point being a victim. You know, life's too yeah. short. You don't, we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth for. That's why, for me, the working smart became such an important goal because I realized I want to wake up every day looking forward to that day. So that's why having that, that strong goal for me was really motivating because I could picture what's it going to feel like when I wake up every day thinking, I can't wait to start this day and I'm going to have a great day. So for me, that was a a goal that it motivated me and energized me to work towards. But if something is sucking your soul, and I'll also tell a lot of freelancers, if you are not enjoying working with a particular client, quit. It's no, not no. worth it. It's 100%. not worth it. No, you know, the reason that you get into, especially a career like freelancing, is for the freedom of choice. So you've got to make sure you're using it. Otherwise, you may as well be in a job you hate, working for a boss who abuses you, and like you say, living till every Friday. There's no point. We've got the choice. And even if you're not a freelancer, even if you're in a full-time role, if you go and hate that role every day, first of all, is there something you can do to change it? Is there something in your workplace that you can do to make your workplace a better experience or your job? Um, if there's nothing you can do, cut your losses. Find something else. Um, too many people go through every day feeling unhappy or demotivated. And it really, this is not the way we're supposed to live. So I'm so on board with you when you say, when you talk about choice. And sometimes the choice, like you've said, is walking away. And that's yeah. fine. And that's still a good choice. Even though it's giving up and we get told, never give up. That's, that's not great advice. Because yeah. unless the goal is really motivating to you and the process is something that you enjoy, what's the point? So yeah. I totally agree. So that's why, and, and you might have to go down a few paths before you actually find what that meaningful, motivating goal is to you. And maybe you'll 
push it for as long as you can and realize, and maybe you might be right about to achieve your goal and you're like, I'm actually not having fun anymore. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pivot. I, That's the beauty of life that we live, that we've got choice and agency and a lot of things. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So guys, just want to tell, uh, goals are great, but you need to enjoy the process. Mm. You can achieve any goal if you'll enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. uh, many great stories when people uh, didn't give up for a long time. Mr. Beast, uh, I learned one story about a billionaire. I, I forgot his name. Uh, his friend of Jeff Bezos. And he couldn't sell his products for 14 years without any results. 14 years. He didn't give up. Today, he has a company in plus 50 countries in the world. Big company. He's a billionaire. But when Jeff Bezos learned his story, he told him, he called him a crazy man, you know, <laughs> because 14 years without mm. results. So uh, I think uh, you need uh, to think more about the process than rewards. Rewards will come because you can overwork others. It's simple. You know, uh, how you can overwork others? For example, I can work on Saturday night, on Sunday evening because I love it. You know, I, I just love it. Uh, I can sacrifice watching TV because I love uh, to do something else, you know. So uh, if your job is hobby, and remember Mark Twain, he said about that, you know. If you love your loving job, then you don't work even one day in your life. So, uh, I, I want to ask about writing, uh, freelance writing. Today we have AI. And AI can, uh, in my opinion, can write much better than many mediocre writers. Uh, almost uh, AI can replace all this mediocre writing to craft much better content, much faster content, because AI can uh, rewrite any content. But AI is not ready to beat experts who can write great text, uh, interesting uh, text. Can you tell your methods how to write much better than uh, AI uh, and how you can bring more value to your customers with your writing? Yeah, so I mean, I really welcome, even though I'm a writer, I really welcome the advent of AI. I think it's wonderful and I think it's great that it does give people who perhaps don't have the skill of writing, it gives them that, that they're able to type an important email or, you know, write a social media post, whatever it is. If you don't have that skill, it's wonderful that AI can assist you with that if you're using it ethically and smartly. For me, I feel like AI has made me a better writer because I'm trying hard to differentiate myself from AI. So I'll give you an example. I write a lot of blog posts for a lot of clients. And previously, my process would involve going to Google, Googling my topic, finding some research, making sure that I had some good sources. And then I would read all the content that I found from Google, write my article, insert sources. And that would kind of be, you know, a pretty good blog post. Now, AI can do exactly what I used to do. Basically, crawl the web, put in some research and write it all out. So now I need to differentiate myself. So I need to take my writing a step further by providing, doing an interview with someone, for example, or providing a real world example that you can't find on the internet. So I appreciate that AI has forced me to think, how can I write 
better. And also to write in a way that doesn't sound like AI. So to have a very clear voice. Um, so with each of my clients, I have to be very clear on what kind of tone they're writing in and make sure that I'm adapting my tone accordingly so it doesn't sound generic and a, as if it was written by AI. So in my case, I've, I've found AI a wonderful tool that makes me a better writer. And it's also, it's a good brainstorming buddy. So if I'm trying to think of an article headline, for example, I can feed in my article and say, uh, please give me some examples of engaging, attention-grabbing headlines. And I'll look at them and I'll think, mm, okay, I like this. Oh, that makes me think of this and inspire that. And I'll mix them all together. Or So it's it's wonderful from that perspective. Um I also use it uh, if I'm looking for a particular phrase or an idiom or a synonym or something like that it can be really helpful. So I found that AI enriches my writing a lot. If you are just getting started in writing, it's important that you're conscious of what you need to do to upskill to set yourself a bar above AI. Those people who use AI regularly, you'll know if something's written by AI straight away. Um, yeah. As soon as you read it, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can so, feel it. I, I can yeah. uh, feel this smile, you know, if it, it's AI written. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but um, I agree. AI is a great tool, but uh, of course, uh, um, you need to use AI in the smart way, the same, yes. you know, like. Yes. Uh, and uh, I want to ask you about um, writing non boring text and let me clarify more about that for example if i take any book from jack london uh, he wrote these books 100 years ago but i can feel part of the journey i can forget about meal i can forget about real world about water about uh, sleep because i can live on this book i can feel that this journey in my skin and um, it's um, very important to write non-boring text. You can bring value, you can help readers, but if it's boring, people don't care. <laughs> they bounce fast. According to data, people bounce everywhere. YouTube, TikTok, uh, writing, everywhere, because it's boring. And uh, once I spoke with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked in Business Insider for 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Company was sold for $500 million, great success. He was one of top managers and he told me, that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. You need to, uh, I don't know, to attract your readers, to uh, retain them. Uh, people open uh, and um, uh, leave it without any regret. And uh, remember this great book from Joe Sugarman, how to catch attention, how to retain until the end. He was a master of peace, you know, with this. Uh, can you tell your methods how to hmm. create non or write non-boring text? <laughs> so firstly, don't use AI for your text because it will end up a bit boring often <laughs> unless you're really good at prompt craft. But the first thing comes to knowing who you're writing for. So don't try write for everyone because if you write for everyone, you're writing for no one. So yeah. the first step is to know what are these people's goals, motivations, pain points? What do they struggle with? What do they enjoy? What inspires them? And it involves imagination because you need to put yourself in the position of the person that you're writing for. And you need to have empathy with that person and think you have to write as if you are them reading 
firstly. So first step is knowing very clearly who you're writing to and being able to put yourself in their, in their shoes. And the second part is to tell a story because as humans, that's what we've been doing. That's what differentiates us from other species is our ability to weave a narrative and pass down stories through generations. And it's what's kept us alive actually over the last, you know, thousands of years is that oral history and, um, yeah, just relaying those kind of stories. So we are, our brains are hardwired to understand stories that have a beginning, middle, conflict, resolution, end. And that's, if you look at all famous novels or famous movies, they all follow that very same formula of there's a hero and the hero is yeah. not, it, it's generally someone that you can identify with. And the hero goes on a journey. He meets a guide. He or she meets a guide who helps them along their journey. They go through some situations of conflict. And then there's a resolution at the end. And they all follow the same formula. So I found, I don't know if you're familiar with Donald Miller's story brand framework, which actually any piece of writing you can apply to that framework and to take the reader, the, and remember, the reader is the hero who you know well, you've understood them, you know who they are, what they're striving for, what they struggle with, and you take them through that um, through that story. And this can be whether you're writing a social media post, it can be whether you're writing website copy, whatever it is, you want to make your audience the hero. Yeah, 100%. Storytelling is very important. And we have a lot of selfish writing. I see a lot when companies uh, wanna hire. I don't know wanna show benefits, wanna show mm. how they are great. But who cares? You know, care. Re readers wanna become great. You need to uh, to share how you can help and mm. support your customer readers to become mm. great. And uh, you mentioned you need to know your readers, customers, uh, and uh, can you tell how you collect data? Uh, okay, we need to understand, but it's not like to use tools to learn about uh, your audience. It's more uh, to spend more time uh, on that. Uh, I, I love collecting data, and let me share my short story about online games. Uh, once I got payment to help one online game uh, to go ahead and I started to play this game, you know, because <laughs> I need to understand why people are playing. So I played when my son caught me and, and asked what's going on. You told me I need to read books, but you play <laughs> games and you disallowed me. I replied, no, 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 look at it. I got 16K to help with uh, this game to go ahead, uh, to provide some insights. And uh, he was shocked. Someone paid you 16K? <laughs> Nobody paid me in my life. I play a lot more. They are stupid. <laughs> they need to pay me because I, I have more better experience than you. Uh, and uh, for me, it's important to have experience, to, uh, to know the product. It's not like to learn even customer readers. You need to know how products work, then to learn about uh someone who will consume your content. Can you tell how you collect data, analyze mm -hmm. readers before crafting any content? Yes. So as you mentioned, there's sort of quantitative, quantitative data and qualitative data. So on the qualitative side, you may be looking at 
okay, on my website, what what are people visiting? What are the main pages? How is there, where they're spending their time? Where's their mouse hovering? You know, you can, it's amazing how much data you can actually get from their behavior. So, you know, looking at those, those data points, looking at their actual behavior. And then on the more qualitative side, the best way is to ask. You know, you can do surveys or you can hang out maybe on a Facebook group where you know a lot of those people hang out. Read what they're saying. What are they struggling with? What are they asking people on that Facebook group? So that you can get a real sense of what are the main, and of course, everyone has different issues that they're facing, but you can get an idea of some trends and pick up on those trends. And then, I mean, ideally, as you mentioned with the gaming, being able to immerse yourself in that kind of environment um, really helps you put yourself, really helps put yourself in someone else's shoes. So I had a, I mean, it was a long time ago, but it wasn't online gaming, but I was writing an article about people who play Dungeons and Dragons. So I went and sat and and tried to, tried to understand how the game worked. I don't think I quite got it, but it gave me a sense of the people and what their motivations are for playing the game and what the dynamics look like and the relationships look like. So being able to immerse yourself is first prize. It's not always possible, but definitely first prize. And it's also just being observant in your day-to-day -day life. Part of being a great writer is looking at the world around you and seeing how people respond to things just in a normal day-to-day -day kind of situation or looking at a type of person and how they react. And it's those things that inform your stories and also your understanding of your fellow human beings and talking to people. I think what's something I love about living in South Africa is we talk to one another. So you talk to strangers. It's, it's normal to talk to strangers. You'll be in the line and strike up a conversation with someone. And I love using those opportunities to get to know people that I might not have met before or engaged with otherwise. So yeah, I think just being a good all-round observer of human behavior and psychology. Nice. Love it, love it, love it. And uh, I have two final questions left, very important for my audience. Um, um, my uh, first question about your experience. You mentioned uh, that you started and made mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. That's okay. Uh, you acquired experience. Uh, and uh, I mean, like, um, I want to, you know, know if you started today without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day. You have some uh, experience with writing in school, nothing else. <laughs> so you, you wrote in school. Uh, uh, you wrote a bunch of emails to your friends, I don't know, social media posts, nothing special. But you want to become a professional. It's your goal. Uh, and you love writing. As we mentioned, it's important to love the process. Uh, what will you do today if you do everything from scratch? But um, uh, let me clarify more. I mean, like, um, I usually get great results with customers who understand what I do. So um, if customers understand why it's important to create high-quality content, how to win readers uh, in your content, how to catch their attention, how to uh, retain until then, then we can get great results. If customers don't, I'm not sure that the best experts can help them. It's You need to understand. You, make, you need to make your hands dirty. Let's imagine you're a founder of company. You have a big dream. Wanna 
win market, get all customers in the world, but you have no experience how to do it. But you wanna make your hands dirty to understand the basic to hire an expert like you. So what will you do if you do everything from scratch? So if you work, if you need to work on your writing skills specifically, again, it's all about being an observer. So to identify people who you know are winning at the game, your the best writers that you know, and consume their content and follow what they're doing. And back not just consume, but analyze. So, you know, if it helps you to print out something they've written and Make notes of what's working, why this is engaging you, what makes this such a good piece of writing. So I think observation is very important. And always to be a good writer, you have to be a good reader or not a good reader, but a, a keen reader, you know, which is what we've just said to like read what other people are doing so that you can absorb and learn. And then to be more intentional also about saying, okay, this is what I appreciate about this. So learning from others. And, you know, if you could get a mentor or someone who could um, assess your own work. So once you've had a chance to identify what you think makes good writing, to practice yourself and then get feedback. Honest feedback from someone is hugely important. And like you say, you just got to get your hands dirty and get stuck in. And sometimes that might mean you'll deliver something to a client and they'll say, this is a piece of crap. But they'll tell you why it's a piece of crap. And then you learn why and try not make it so crappy next time. So there's an element of learning, but an element of actually just getting over your fears and just doing. So that's yeah. from the skill of writing. If you are starting out as a freelance writer, you also have to remember that there's a lot of business skills you're going to have to learn because you're now a business owner. You're not just a freelance writer. You know, now you're also the finance department, the marketing department, the HR department, and that comes with its whole other set of challenges. So never forget that it's not enough to have a skill. You also have to work on your business acumen too. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Love it. And my final question about the future. I want to ask you, take your crystal ball <laughs> uh, and let us know what kind of future will be considering that we have AI today. It's only beginning of this journey. Uh, AI will develop, and uh, I'm pretty sure that AI will develop much faster than uh, humans can. Uh, we need to consider AI, but um, anyway, uh, we have different opinions about AI. I want to know your opinion, what kind of future will be. We will fight with Terminators uh, or have <laughs> another experience like in Matrix or something else, and how people can adapt to this possible future. So I'm a bit of an idealist. So uh, the way I see it is we're going to get the machines to do all the shitty work that we actually don't enjoy doing. You know, the stuff that doesn't require our very human skills, which are our relationships, our connections, our creativity. Sure, I, I agree. Perhaps AI is, I, I don't know if we can use the word creative yet. Uh, there might be a chance when it'll get there. But the way I see it is if we are going to leverage it sensibly and ethically, it's going to do all the stuff that we don't want to do so that we can actually just go ahead and enjoy our lives and enjoy what it means to be human and let, let the machines get on with the rest. So I'm an optimist. That's where I see things maybe in the next 20, 10, 5. <laughs> things are moving quickly. So yeah. we don't know. I, and you know what, if they want to take over the world, if 
robots take over. Cool. That's fine. You guys do that. I mean, who wants to be dealing with politics and all of that anyway? I just, I just want to enjoy my life and enjoy the people in my life. So the robots can handle the rest. I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. So it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love this experience. You know how to share this value. Uh, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, so I am, you'll find me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend my 20% of my social media time. So um, LinkedIn under Shea Carsing. I've got a lot of resources for freelancers on my website, which is www.sheacasting.com. And if you hover over to freebies, you'll find lots of things to help you on your freelance business journey. So yeah, either LinkedIn or my website. And always happy to help people with any questions that they have, people getting started in the industry. Uh, my book is called Freelance Like a Boss, and it is available on Amazon. Nice, nice. I'm going to read your book. I recommend to anyone to read this book because you can see a lot of value you can acquire by reading this book to go ahead. Uh, I'm, I follow you on LinkedIn and recommend to anyone to follow because marketing our wealth change fast we need to adapt we need to consider i don't know what kind of future will be i don't want to predict but i'm excited whatever happens i'm excited i can create open ai i can create google linkedin but i can adapt faster than my mm -hmm. competitors i can go ahead and um, I'm on the second stage, so I see when customers' attention is, so I usually uh, go to this direction. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.